Follow us on Facebook at Off Script with Super E Podcast. Also follow us on Twitter at Off Script Pod underscore one. Off Script with Super E recommends listener discretion as these real but sometimes uncensored stories can be filled with mature content. Hey everybody, it's A-Train. I am talking with the star of our show, Super E. Super E, what's happening? Not too much. Just hanging out, keeping it real, because that's how we roll. That is how we roll. That's how we roll. Hey, you know, uh, on our uh, previous episode, um, we had talked a little bit about that that big uh, motor car race that takes place in our town every year. Uh Yeah. Well, you know, when I was a a brand new officer, you know, they had me out there directing traffic. Uh, I was on 30th Street, and you know how busy 30th can get going in there. So I remember those were long days. That was terrible directing that traffic. But anyway, I'm there. Traffic is at an absolute standstill. It's going, you know, traffic for miles. We're trying to get people in the track, and you know how it goes. Well, I look up in the traffic, and I see a brand new red convertible Ferrari. Oh man! So of course my uh, attention is directed over there because you know most of the vehicles are vans with scaffolding on top of it, <laughs> yeah, and, you know yes. pickup trucks and all that stuff. So I look over there and and I I see the driver. Well, it is your David Letterman. And, really? You know, at that time I was a David Letterman fan. I thought he was funny as hell. Me too. Then when he got older, we we won't get into that. Yeah, but, no. So at the time, yeah, I'm a fan. So I go up and and there was a pretty attractive blonde haired lady in the passenger seat, right? So, right. of course, I, you know, he kind of looks at me. I look at him. I walk over there. I'm like, well, hey, Mr. Letterman. He's like, well, hello, officer. How are you? And all this. And he's like, you know, what What do you think about this traffic? What, what's going to happen? You know, and I said, I said, just put it in park and get comfortable. Cause it's going to be a while. <laughs> so, you know, here's the deal. And, and I, I just kind of said, well, you know, uh, Mr. Letterman, they have an escort service that'll get you in and out pretty quick. If, if you don't know about that and, you know, uh, whether it's right or wrong celebrities, you know, they, if they know the right people or they yes. pay enough money, they, woo, 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 they get <laughs> yeah, in and yes. out. So anyway, so, and you know, Mr. Letterman became a, uh, he's a, he's a race team owner, isn't he? Or at, was th- at one I, time? Yeah, I, I think he was at one time, if I remember correctly. So I would have thought he knew about the escorts, but I guess not. So anyway. Did he, did he, did he sit there the whole time? Oh yeah. He said he sat there forever until <laughs> we got him in. <laughs> oh my God. But anyway, you know, he was comfy in his Ferrari. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I had a brush with a celebrity sighting. Okay. Um, this was back in uh, about 1990, and Dan Quayle was the vice president at the time, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Oh, Mr. Quayle. 
Yes, <laughs> and it was the same. It was the same race that we have every year. They had a parade before that right. for the race that I think it was about 500 miles it took to. Uh, it's roughly 500. Five, yeah. 500 miles. Yes. Yeah. So they always have a parade before the race, and then they would have these celebrities. Well, yeah. the celebrities would ride in the back of a, a vehicle that was convertible, and you had all these you know people dancing around, you know, yeah. throwing up batons, and then you yeah. had the balloon animals like uh, Rocky and Bowwinkle. Oh yeah, yeah, and Snoopy. Well, for some reason, um, me and RJ, we were detailed to go down there as undercover officers to just make sure nothing crazy happened because mm-hmm. Vice President Dan Quell was down there. Mm-hmm. Well, being it was me and RJ, um, we were down there laughing and joking, you know, standing there in the parade. Then we see the people, uh, they got the balloons are coming. They're carrying the big, uh, and it was uh, Underdog. And it was one of the balloons. Oh. They were all holding ropes. Underdog was one of my favorites. Yes, and right in front of right in front of Underdog was a car with a young actress was in some sitcom at the time. It was Leah Romini. Oh, oh, from uh, King of Queens. Yes, and she and and it might um, it might be Remini, but yes, close enough. Well, yes. And so, remember, I'm a very young, handsome, rascally, uh-huh. uh, Billy Ray Cyrus, mullet-wearing yeah. uh, dude. And, bef- you know, so me and RJ, I don't know how we manage it, but we mingle in, and now we're one of the people carrying, ro- you know, holding the ropes for underdog. <laughs> and I'm right behind the <laughs> room. <laughs> so we're, me and RJ are laughing and joking, but... Back in the day, this is when we was carrying 357 Magnum. Yeah. They were humongous, you know, chrome leg irons that shot bullets. And so, you know, we just would stuff it in the back of our pants. Yeah. And so I didn't know it at the time because I'm looking at Leah Ramini. Now, I might be exaggerating my own mind, but I thought there was a little spark as she looked <gasps> at me and I looked oh. at her. Oh. She, I was thinking, oh. This very attractive young up and coming actress actress is checking me out. She might have been thinking, "Oh, this very, very large, hairy homeless guy <laughs> holding is the balloon rope." But what I didn't realize at the time, with Dan Quell being there, there was tons of secret service because all yeah. of a sudden, you kind of feel this. I felt like I was being enclosed in on me and RJ because uh-huh. these guys, the secret service, were seeing RJ who looks like a derelict Sean Connery. And then, of course, I look like an escape bear from Helter Skelter. And we're walk, walking along, and they can see us with 357. They said, something ain't right. They're automatically taking security security threat, eliminate with due prejudice. And so these guys swarm in on us, and next thing you know, you know we're taking off from you know, escorting underdog, and they check us out. <laughs> oh, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, guys, I showed them our, we showed them our badges. Hey, we're yeah, here yeah. to add security, but we just <laughs> thought we would take the role. <laughs> we thought we'd just get in the parade. <laughs> we thought we would join the festivities and help tote underdog down <laughs> the street. So that was my little brush with greatness. And I'll never forget how, how, pretty she was she was such a beautiful young actress is she, she yes she's she very famous now yes but that, that was my uh brush with celebrity greatness okay th- that story that has a lot of really good stuff in it 
first of all, the spark between oh, Liev yeah. Remini and Super oh, yeah. A. Yeah, the the assumed <laughs> spark by me, <laughs> the right. possible fear in her eyes. And then uh, you and RJ just kind of muscling your way in to help mm-hmm. help hold the underdog ropes <laughs> like Mr. Pitt from Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and then, now I will tell you this: good job, Secret Service guys. Yes, Spotting, they were on top of. Yeah. They were on top. They knew. Okay, these guys ain't right, and I do see that giant bulge in the back. <laughs> that looks like yes. a three fifty seven. We got to get these guys. Yes, <laughs> swarm, we, swarm, we, swarm. And speaking, okay, and this story is going to run into a story. With my gun being in the back of my pants like that, with the bulge. Yeah. This is going to relate to the story I'm getting ready to tell. That happened many, 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 many years later. Okay. So you're telling me you're going to connect what we just talked about to another story. Yeah. Okay. The gun causing a bulge in the back. You fast forward almost 30 years to the bulge, the gun causing a bulge in the front. Now, I'm going to tell you something, listeners. We don't script any of this crap out, so so this connection is absolutely just coincidental. That, I like, love it. It's like a hole of one on a par four. It, it just comes out of nowhere. Exactly. All right, go for it. Well, okay. So you fast forward now many years. I'm I'm now a very seasoned undercover officer, and I've I'm working with a uh, was like an informant, but she called herself a handy helper. She was MJ. She helped me and. A train do a lot yeah. of successful undercover operations. I remember MJ. Yeah, that got rid of a lot of criminals that were causing problems yeah. in our community. Yeah. So we kind of had a uh, kind of a reputation of being able to get things done. And this one um, uh, deputy chief or commander, what it was, that was commanding the south side um, district, they were having a problem with a house that was south of a park and uh, it was an area where the, the homes were really nice and but the people were complaining about one house that uh there was all kinds of activity they thought it was a drug house people are going up knocking on the door going in for a few minutes coming out and then there were men going up to the house knocking the door going in and some of them were running out Okay. So they thought it was like a drug house, maybe house prostitution. Yeah. They didn't know they didn't know what it was. But before we were contacted to help out, all these units had had tried to get something to get in there to find out what the heck was going on and if something was going on, make an arrest. Um they you know, they had this real good unit called NROs, uh neighborhood resource officers, and they right. were very they were very good and they had a very good vice narcotics unit for that district down there okay they were very good too but they just weren't having any luck because these people they were so careful they if you didn't say the exact right things you weren't coming in okay and uh, so they were they had tried and tried and tried and finally they said man we're not getting anywhere so i get contacted by this uh commander and he says hey can you and your handy helper mj come down see what you can do with this i said sure you know and so they got a whole bunch of people to assist us on this men mj showed up 
in my 76 Cordoba. And there was a lot of people there and we had the Cordoba. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it looked like an, uh, a NASCAR from 1976. Uh huh. And I would have MJ drive it because like we said, you know, cops drive CIs ride. So I would always flip the script on that. Look at that. Yes. Yeah. There you go. So we find out that, uh, Hey, you know, you're probably not, you know, you're probably not going to be able to get in there. We've tried there's, you know, unless you know them. So we're, you know, we're getting all these negative things that, you know, you're probably not going to be able to do it, but we got to try. Right. And so I could hear the guys were talking and then we had the super secret guys that were, uh, computer experts and uh, camera recording device experts. Mm-hmm. They were saying, okay, they're probably going to get turned down here. So in about, let's say about five or 10 minutes, let's all go to lunch. Where do we want to go to lunch? <laughs> they're they're going to fail. So let's decide yeah, where we're going to go they're, eat. They're, there's, no, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> like, there's no way Super E can, can get in on this one. Uh-huh. So we had one guy, uh, really nice guy. He was a detective that had eyes on us. So me and NJ pull up in front of the house. We get out, and uh, me and uh, M- I said, MJ, we ain't got no information on this, basically, so we're just going to have to wing it. She was like 10-4 because we were pretty good about, you know, playing off each other what each other said or something or picking up on what to do. Right. So I knock on the door. Nothing. And um, while, while I'm doing that, the guy – he was saying the detective that was watching us and telling everybody else was happening. He said, he was saying, yeah, they're knocking on the door. They're probably not going to open it. Well, the door opened up just a creak. Okay. I hear a woman's voice go, who is it? I go, I go, it's Ray and MJ. Well, what do you want? And, and I was like, Oh man, this woman is hostile. <laughs> I said, my girl, my girl here, MJ, she said her and a friend, we're uh, out getting drunk the other night, and her friend stopped by here and brought MJ with her, and they, they got some shit. Now, we didn't know what these people were selling. Oh. Nothing. We had no clue oh, what they man. were selling. You didn't have any info, did you? No, no, yeah. no info. Now, you would think it would be something like crack or something like that because that was the main scourge yeah. in our town. Yeah, thought it would be some sort of crack. So... Uh, the woman is very skeptical goes, Oh, so you're drunk. How, how do you, how do you know which house it is then if you were so drunk? And MJ said this, I just remember that the house is a cute one inside. She just came up. We did not know, but this yeah. woman yeah. in the house, yeah. she was, she was, uh, very clean and kept yeah. everything neat and tidy and was very proud of the appearance of her house. Okay, well, that's unusual. Yes. So when MJ said that, the door opened up just a crack more. Uh-huh. And then the woman said, well, who was the person that you were with? And I knew I had to come up with a name real quick. Yeah. And I remember, I remember Polly Shore said that in one of his comedy routines, Everybody knows a skanky chick named Lisa. So I said it was with I said it was with Lisa. She goes, "Oh, Lisa." The door opens up a little bit more. Wow. But then she looks at MJ and go, and then she looks at her and gives her one of these it was kind of a snarky, "Well, here's the big question. So, honey, what did you buy?" We had no clue. Uh-huh. This was again 
uh, uh, a hole in one on a par four, one in a billion. MJ said, we bought Xanax. Okay. That is the only thing that these people sold. Her boyfriend. (laughs) You're kidding me. Had a prescription for Xanax. They sold the Xanax, I think, to get meth or no, no, to get heroin. Okay. So they sold his Xanax to get heroin. So boom, the door flies wide open. Unbelievable. She goes, she goes unbelievable. And then the guy, the detective that was watching, he said, he goes, when he saw the door open up and then she opens the strain door, he goes, holy shit, they're letting them in. <laughs> Lunch plans ruined. Yes. And, Damn it. And so, so all of a sudden, she yells out um, to her boyfriend, and I'll explain what the big consternation of this whole thing was uh, of what was going on. Her, uh, we're going to say that his, her, his boyfriend was named Thor because he actually had some sort of Viking name. Or word, and I'm going to give that one. Thor. His name was Thor. <laughs> okay. And the, one of the, the, one of the uh, lieutenants in narcotics, he was down there too because this is a big operation. Right. And they knew, they knew I never carried a gun into a place. Because mm-hmm. I was always searched. Right. Come to find out, this they told me you've got to carry a gun. I go, it's unco- I don't have no place to hide it. Yeah. The guns are too big. Yeah. So they they gave me. They said, well, th- maybe this one will work. So he gives me a gun that was just a wee bit smaller than the normal guns we carried. Okay. So I stuff it down my pants, and it's kind of a bulge to it. it <laughs> and I was kind of like, well, this is a little flattering. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And so the reason they were so demanding that I take a gun in with me, because I said, hey, this throws me off my game a little bit, because now I'm now I'm conscious of them seeing this. Right. And he goes, no, the reason why I'm demanding that you carry a gun in is because this guy's got a one hitter quitter. And I'm like, can you elaborate on that? Elaborate. Yeah, I said, please elaborate on why Thor is called one hitter quitter. He punched a guy and killed him. Oh no! I'm. That's what I. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> I said, "Oh no!" Oh no! So I was like, "Shit!" But then you know what? You have to suck it up and go with it. Sure. And so you know, I'm already thinking, "Hey, we're batting a thousand on luck." With you know, MJ saying it's a cute house, Super E saying her friend's name was Lisa. And then she said the big long run, home run was, yeah, we bought Xanaxes, which was the only thing they sold. How lucky can you get? That's pretty so lucky. I'm, I'm, so I'm thinking maybe we're going to carry a lucky streak a little bit farther. Yeah. Little did I know that it was soon to be almost ruined. Okay. So right then, when, I, when the, wo- the woman says, when we said, hey, Xanax, and she decides to let us in the house, she goes, how many do you guys want? I go, well, we got 50 bucks. How, how many pills will that get us of Xanax? She goes, 10, $5 a piece. I said, we got 50 bucks on us. And she yells, Thor, Ray and MJ are here. And we go on in the house. And I'm looking around, and this house is spotless, okay. clean. Okay. I'm like, thank we got so lucky. So the woman takes us into the living room. She goes, Ray, MJ, have a seat. I'm like, 10, 4. And then when I sat down, that gun being stuck in my crotch like that, it started pinching things that I didn't <laughs> want it to pinch. And so now I'm conscious, I'm conscious of the gun yeah. in my pants, p- 
pinching things. Uh-huh. And so then, so I'm thinking, what's this, what's this Thor look like? And Thor comes out of their bedroom and he is shirtless. Like he just came off the set of hee haul, you know, big shirtless <laughs> run. Um, he is about six foot three or four and he's not like super muscular. He's just super big boned and rangy uh-huh. where he just looks naturally strong. Then I look at his hands and his knuckles are the size of dollar bills. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, he's not got one one hitter quitter. He's got two on each of them wrists. <laughs> and then he says, Hey Ray, MJ, come on here and I'll give you your pills. So I stand up and MJ stands, I stand up, and guess what that gun does? It goes from pinching me in very sensitive areas to sliding down my leg (laughs) and it starts sliding down my leg and then i know the i was thinking to myself as this gun slides down my leg the urine's going to be right behind it yes this isn't going to look good falling out because then we're going to be diving for a gun and this dude is big yeah but luckily i would wear my work boots i wouldn't lace them up all the way i was the normal hillbilly look i wouldn't Uh lace them up all the way so they kind of bowed out a little bit Okay. The gun got caught right in the between my ankle and the boot, and <sighs> my pants were so you really couldn't see it. But okay. if I if I didn't move if I moved too fast, that gun was going to come flying out. Uh huh. So I stood up, and this was so weak, but I had to think of something fast. I pretended like I pulled a hamstring. Because Thor goes, I go, oh, and Thor goes, what's wrong, Ray? Oh, I just pulled a hamstring. So now I'm walking like Chester from Gunsmoke because he says, come on in here to where the pills are. So I'm walking like, yes, Marshall, deal him. And, and, I, and he's, he's like, man, that leg looks like it really hung all oh, man, It's killing me. And so is the gun because now the barrel is scraping my ankle. And I'm uh. like, ow, because that's very sensitive. And then I... I I'm looking at this dude, and he's got tattoos on him. Okay. And and I'm thinking, okay, we don't have a video recording device. All we have is the verbal recording device. Right. So this is what undercover officers have to do. We have to actually get in there, say the right things, make sure everything's safe, but then we got to pretend like we're presenting things to a jury right then. And I know what's a jury going to want to hear. They want to hear definitive evidence that this was actually Thor selling us pills. Yes. So I got I got to put on tape so the jury can hear it exactly what this guy looks like. Well, he's got a big ass tattoo of like what is that horse with wings? A Pegas- Pegasus? Pegasus. Yes. Yeah, like you used to see on the Marathon H- gas station. Hold hold on one second. Thor has a tattoo of Pegasus? Yeah, he's got a big Pegasus on his left shoulder. Okay. And then he's got some, I think he's got a weird tattoo on his hip, maybe like an octopus. I don't know. Okay. It's something weird. So <laughs> so I go, I, I said, man, I'm going to give the jury a description that they can hear if this goes to trial. So I said, hey, Thor, man, that is one cool horse with wings on your right shoulder. He goes, you mean it's a Pegasus? Is that what a horse with wings is? He goes, yeah. I said, I really like the color. What do you call that color? Well, that's kind of a a metal gray, and then the guy put in red, blah, blah, blah. So he described this perfectly. Wow. 
And then MJ jumped on the one, but oh, and I like that. I really like that one on your hip because remember he's shirtless, yeah. and this is on his other side. And he and he describes that. And so nice. we're thinking, oh man, we are fucking geniuses. <laughs> so we get out of there, and I'm walking out, kind of like George Jefferson. I got a little pep in my step, thinking we were able to do something. Yeah. They said you can't do it. Yeah, and it took us all of five minutes. Right. So we get back in the car and we drive off and I, you know, I'm being a little snarky. Oh guys, uh, lunch plans ruined. <laughs> and, uh, when we met at the staging area and so I was like, Hey, we got to get a second buy in there real quick, like tomorrow, because I threw out a name, Lisa uh -huh. and the woman knew Elisa. We have to make a second buy before she actually talks to Lisa and goes, I have no idea of any Ray or MJ. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Well, this was around the time when there was a couple of murders and it got sidetracked. So it took a week for them to try to do the second buy. And I said, Ugh. guys, I mean, this is going to, you know, they haven't seen yeah. us for a week. They're going to be real suspicious. Yeah. They're like, well, just, just give them a call. See, you know, these guys weren't used to doing undercover. They didn't think about this kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, ju just give them a call. So we call them up. And we go, hey, it's Ray and MJ. How's it going? Because these people are nice enough to give us their number after the first successful buy. Fantastic. And so a week later, we call them up, and the woman's like, they go, hey, it's Ray and MJ. What's going on? Uh, yeah, I talked to Lisa. This is what I'm saying. I talked to Lisa, and she doesn't know no fucking long-haired Ray or MJ. Fuck you guys, and don't come around here again, or we're going to fuck you up. Damn. And I, you know, they could hear what was going on. I said, well, guys, we waited too long. What's she going to do now? Yeah. Well, somehow they found out that Thor had a warrant for him. And that was going to allow them to get to, you know, get in the house to serve the arrest warrant. Not a search warrant for drugs. Yeah. An arrest warrant. Yes. So, so they immediately somehow got in the house and we watched. Uh, me and MJ did from a couple of houses down. Boom, they hit this house, they go in, and they get Thor, and Thor comes out, and one of the officers that took him out said, you know, he's supposed to be such a dangerous, dangerous individual. He's never like a little baby. <laughs> he was no problem at all. Uh -huh. And I said, well, what about the girl? What about the girl? Um, the one who was a real asshole on the phone. Uh, we couldn't find anybody else in there. We searched and searched and searched. I go, Serious? And now they, we can't find her. She must have slipped out. I go, how? We were watching the house. Mm -hmm. They they spent a half hour couldn't find her. Well, about three hours later, after we all left, the owner of the house, which I believe was the mother of one of them, okay, she just let them live in there. The mother and her boyfriend. Now they're like in their late seventies, early I mean late sixties, early seventies. They decided to go check on the condition of the house after the police raided it and took Thor out. Right. <clears throat> so there go they go in the house and they're looking around. And then um, the woman says she starts hearing a noise behind this big dresser. And so her boyfriend goes, What can they thought maybe it was like a gigantic rat or something? Right. He, he's able to he slides that dresser away. There's a giant hole in the wall. And who comes running out was the girl. She had a pipe in her hand, conks the old man on the head. He collapses, and she runs out the door. She 
she had been hiding behind that dresser. They had, here's what they did. One of the main problems with this house was she was prostituting out of it, but what they would do, she would get the guys to come into the house because it was like some sort of online thing, I guess. Okay. The guys would come in the house and once, you know, they would get naked or whatever, giant Thor would hide in that hole in the wall behind the dresser. And then all of a sudden he would make an appearance like David Copperfield <laughs> and threaten to beat the shit out of the guy with his giant meat fist. And they would rob the dude and he would run out and jump in his car and take off. Well, they weren't calling the police because, you know, yeah, there's a prostitution if you're, deal. If you're, yeah, if you're a married man, you don't yeah. make a big report yeah. about that. Right. And so, yeah, uh, this chick had been hiding in that hole in the wall for hours. And then when they came in, that's when she gave the guy a <laughs> conk, smack conk, to conk. Conked him with a pipe. Yes. And then um, she was gone for about two weeks. And then um, a guy that was detailed to us, his, his name was uh, Dwayne. He found out that she was uh, advertising online, and he was able to go in, and I was so worried that he, she was going in and smack him over the head. Trying to rob pretended, him. Yeah, but he pretended to be a customer, and then he he was good at talking. He, 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 he talked when he found out who she was and verified it. He explained to her what was going to happen, and she was like, I give up. So there was no conking over the head. But good. another sidebar to that. A couple years later, I'm walking out of the city county building after having court, and one of the prostitutes that I knew that I had locked up before, she goes, "Hey, Detective Supery, what's going on?" I go, "Nothing." She goes, "Yeah, I just got, I just got out," and she goes, "You know one of the craziest things was?" I go, "What's that?" I go, "I was, I shared a cell with a chick that described you to a T." And I said, I know exactly who that is. She goes, well, I sold drugs to that son of a bitch, and that's why I'm here right now. And she goes, and when I get out, that fucking bitch Lisa is going to get it. Oh, dear. And I was like, uh, that's what I was like. Oh, shit. Yeah. I said, listen, okay, you need to spread the word to anybody. I just made the name up. If you want to blame anybody, blame Pauly Shore. He put it in my head. <laughs> it's all Pauly Shore's it fault. It was Pauly Shore's fault. Everybody knows a skanky chick named Lisa. Yes. I said, please somehow get the word to this chick that I made the name up and the Lisa that she actually knows had nothing to do with them going to jail. It's an amazing amount of coincidences. Upon a giant stack of luck that me and MJ was able to get into that place. Well, I'll tell you what. So, yes, it, it was a little lucky, but it was mostly skill. Because you guys, re <laughs> you read the room. MJ saw enough of the house to know it was it was tidy, so she called it cute, right? Right. And, uh, and the Zan now the Xanax thing. That, man, was, that, that was, was just amazing luck. Yeah. And then, and then of course, Lisa. I mean, because everybody yeah, knows a skank named Lisa. Yes, Sorry. You know what? If you want to solve a crime, you list bits from Polly Shore's act. <laughs> and I just want to say any listeners out there named Lisa, we're not talking about you. We're not talking about you. We're not talking we're about you. Sorry. Yes, we're very sorry. <laughs> yes, we apologize. Uh, well, you know what? Fantastic job, Super E. No problem, A-Train. Even with the gun falling down your pants. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that that was fantastic. Fantastic. What do you think? 
Call this one quits? I think it's time to end this episode. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. And please come back. Yes, please. (laughs) All right. We'll see y'all. Bye. Bye. 